Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I want to um, take just a few moments and uh, construct our faith concerning the power of Jesus' name. We talked about it a little bit in in, uh, last Sunday night, and I wanted just to revisit the importance of this because this affects every believer. And every believer, no matter what stage of maturity you may be, if you will learn to to take him at his word concerning the authority that he has delegated in his name and recognize whether whatever stage of growth I'm at, whatever level I am in spiritual strength, the name of Jesus is just as much mine as it is someone who's been walking with the Lord 25, 30 years. And the name of Jesus will work just as much to execute the will of God in my life uh, as it will in the life of anyone else if I will apply that same uh, courage and confidence when I take him at his word concerning the use of his name. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, and I want the amplified Bible of this verse. Colossians 3, 17 says, whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to stop there for just a moment, and I want to emphasize that this is the word of God instructing us as New Testament believers, he said, no matter what it is, whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then the Amplified amplifies it. And in dependence upon his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. So do everything in the name and this word depending on the name. I want that to help you understand what it means when I do this in the name of Jesus. When I, when I step out in the name of Jesus, when I witness to that person at the gas pump in the name of Jesus, when I take that step of faith in the name of Jesus, I am relying on the power of that name. I'm depending on the authority of that name in my life. Now, I want to also compare this to 1 John chapter 3, which is also a New Testament instruction. 1 John 3 and verse 23, and again in the Amplified Bible. And this is his order, his command, his injunction, that we should believe in, put our faith and trust in, and adhere to and rely on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. So believe in, 
a lot of times people leave that up here in the mental. But faith is of the heart. So we're not talking about, I, be, I believe that. And you see the bobblehead? You know what a bobblehead, you know, they cut, it just sits there and the head bobbles, right? And so a lot of times people do that to the word. I believe that. I believe that. But that's not any activity here just because I'm nodding the head and saying, I believe that. I, I remember we had someone who attended the, the Kansas church campus for a number of years. And while pastor was preaching, they would always cock their head like this, like they're, they're listening to him but just trying to determine. And if he said something they'd like, they would verbally, out loud say, I believe that. But if they were quiet, you knew they didn't, right? You knew, you knew they weren't, they, 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 were, they were picking and, and deciding. And, and that's, that's right if, if you're hearing something that is not a trusted voice, it's not something, but for you to take, to listen to the preaching of the word, and, and just with the head, you're going to miss the believing in the heart. So when it goes a step further and it says that we should believe in, put our faith and trust and adhere to and rely on the name. I would say every one of us could come to a greater level of relying on the name. Uh, relying on the name. You know, sometimes... Because of this lacking knowledge in this area, people rely on other things. I remember when I first got saved, I thought, as long as I can get a hold of, of Brother Steele, who was pastor's father, who was my uh, brother and sister Steele were my first pastors, I thought, as long as I can get a hold of him, it doesn't matter, because I believed he could raise the dead. I mean, he had a miracle ministry. He had healings in his ministry. And I thought, if anything happened to my children, I'd just drive them over there, and he'd just raise the dead. You know, he, he would, and, and I relied on his prayers, is what I'm saying. I relied on his faith. I relied on him, him and Sister Jeannie's faith, their, their walk with God. And a lot of times, people rely on other people's prayer. I was talking with Sister Annette Caps, and we were talking about how prayer in people's lives isn't, in the, in the lives of believers, isn't at the same level of development uh, as it maybe was some number of years ago. She said it, people will call their ministry for prayer and want, not for agreement, they, they want the prayer of that person on the ministry line to fix all the problems. So instead of them it says, if you have trouble, you pray. Isn't that what the book of James says? Right? You, you, if you're afflicted, then you pray. Because there's a responsibility that all of us have to learn how to lay hold of those answers in prayer. But a lot of times we'll rely on everybody else. So there will be people that will call our ministry line, call their ministry line, call all these ministry lines. And if I get enough people praying, then I'll get it fixed. But there are things that require our faith to connect and receive. And so what are we relying on? What are we relying on? He says we're supposed to adhere to and rely on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. I was speaking with a person who had worked in healing school with Kenneth e. Hagan. And Brother Kenneth e. Hagan was a man who spent 
uh, decades uh, walking out a respectable uh, uh, example of the life of faith, the walking in love and, and, and ministry. His, his life, his teachings have impacted so many people. He did have a healing ministry. You know, he was healed as a young boy uh, from off his deathbed. He wasn't supposed to live but he was healed and God raised him up and he carried that healing, not only the, the anointing on his life that saw people healed, but he taught faith for healing. But in teaching people who were working with him in the healing school, he said to them, if there is no flow of the anointing, you know, because sometimes the flow of the anointing can be heavier uh, sometimes the the congregation, the faith in the congregation can be at a, a higher level just because people are taught in the word. He said, if the anointing isn't flowing, if the faith in the congregation isn't, if it's even if, if you have, you know, prayed and he said, if you don't have anything else, he said, it, you can always use the name of Jesus to get people healed. Because Jesus said in, let's go over to Mark, because we're learning about relying on the name of Jesus. Relying, are we adhering to the name? Relying on the name. Mark chapter 16 and verse 18. Wait a minute. Let's, let's look up at uh, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name, and then he's going to list everything that those who believe can do in his name. So it's not just the first thing listed here that the name is connected to. He said those believers, believers in Jesus, this is what they can do in my name. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall speak with new tongues. In my name they will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So he said, even if you don't have, the, you don't sense the anointing present, uh, you don't sense a gift of the Spirit, if you, even if you don't have a, a great, faith atmosphere. He said, you can get the job done because this belongs to every believer. This right here belongs to every believer. Amen. Why? Because the name in my name. And so this minister, she stepped out after her time there at um, healing school was done and Brother Hagen had moved on to heaven and her and her husband are out in ministry. And she said for the first year, even though he had, Brother Hagen had put his hands on her hands and imparted anointing into her ministry, even though she had prayed with Brother Hagen all of those years in the healing line and in, in laying on of hands, she said, for the first year of my ministry, I relied on the name of Jesus because I wanted to prove to myself I wanted to establish in myself, this isn't about the anointing. The anointing is available, but the name of Jesus will complete the healing in that person. And she said for the first year, the, the miracles and the signs and the wonders were done because of the name of Jesus. 
It was her relying on the name. And so he says, we're supposed to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're supposed to, this is his command, his injunction that we believe in and trust in and rely on the name of Jesus and that we should love one another just as he commanded us, it goes on to say. So in the time that we have, let's see if we can look at the instructions Jesus gave us before he went to the cross. Uh, he was speaking to the disciples there, but we're the disciples here and now. He was dis- speaking to the disciples then and there, but we're the disciples here and now, right? So let's find out what he says to us in John 14 and verse 13. <clears throat> John 14, 13, he's talking about the greater works. He's just said in verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. We should look at that in verse 11. I know I told you 13, but you got to see what he was leading up to. He said, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. See, that's a cue for us because he said that he's the vine, we're the branches, and that we need to abide in him. And he needs to abide in us. That's the key for us. It's a, it's a pattern. It's a representation. He said in, when we looked at Luke last week, we looked at Luke 10. And I'll just back up. You can hold your place here. And I'll, I'll back up and read this to you in Luke 10. He said in Luke 10, verse 16, he that hears you, hears me. Why? Because I'm sending you. And because you're going at my sending, when you speak, they're hearing me. You're telling them what I said. You're going because I told you to go. So when they hear you, who are they hearing? They're hearing Jesus. So he said, he that hears you, hears me. And then he that despises you, he's talking about thinks little of, little regard, low estimation. Who are they lightly esteeming? The one who sent you. And he that despises me despises the one that sent me. So he said, it's not about me. It's really not even about me. It's about the one who sent me. So God sent Jesus. Jesus sent us. But it's all about God. Because <laughs> Jesus He sent us so that what the Father put in him and he put in us can be delivered on. Let's compare it to Matthew. And I think Matthew 10 is where I want. Let me see if that's the one I want. Ten forty of Matthew, he that receives you receives me. So he said in, in Luke, he that hears you hears me. And he's now he's talking about the receiving. He that receives you receives me. And he that receives me receives the one who sent me. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Now we're talking about the manner that they're receiving. And he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. 
So he said the way that a person is received determines the reward that they're going to receive back, the, what, what they're going to get out of what they have received. If you receive Pastor Steele as a good old boy and, and you want to call him by his first name and you want to slap him on the, the shoulder and say, hey, what's up, bud? Then you're going to get what bud could give you. <laughs> But if you want the gift of the pastor to operate, it, it would be wisdom to receive him as your pastor and say, he's not, yes, he is a, a normal man, but he's a man anointed by God. And he's anointed and placed in my life to be a gift into my life, to be a, a flow of wisdom into my life, to be, to be a shepherd who feeds me spiritual food, to be one who watches over my soul and one who's praying for me. And I, I want when my pastor prays for me, for him to be able to hear from God for me. And so the more that I receive him as my pastor, the more he can be a pastor in my life. Amen. So he's talking. So when I'm receiving, I'm recognizing it's not just the person that person was sent. And so the one who sent him supplied him with what is being delivered to me. So when I'm receiving my pastor, I'm receiving the, the head of the church who sent him. And when I'm receiving the head of the church who sent him, I'm receiving the, the God and father of the head of the church who sent the head of the church to send my pastor to me. Amen? So we're talking about a delegation of authority. We're talking about authority that is placed upon one, and then that one uh, is, is delegated, and, and with that authority goes and, and releases that authority. So that authority is not bottlenecked, and so we're all standing in line. You remember when Moses, the people wanted to come to Moses, and they all lined up and spent all day in line? All day in line. And if they didn't get to their number, they had to come back and get in line the next day. Some of those people may have been in, in line for weeks trying to get their answer. But God said, there's a better way. Let's delegate this authority. And so Jethro came, his father-in-law came to him and said, listen, this isn't good for you or the people. Instead, find these faithful people among you, delegate to them, and you take care of the part that is the most, uh, that, that is the closest responsibility that they can't do and let them do the part they can't do. So he delegated that authority, and that's what Jesus did to these disciples. In, in Matthew 10 and in Luke chapter 10, he delegated to them the authority to use his name before the cross, before the blood was shed, before the price was paid, before redemption was sealed. He had delegated the authority he was walking with as a man on the earth, a righteous man, a, an, an, a, a man who'd never sinned. Hallelujah. He was operating in the authority that God originally designed for Adam to walk in. And Adam had fallen from his position of authority when he disobeyed God. And he took the authority that God had delegated to him and he submitted it to Satan's control. And Satan came and tempted Jesus and said, all of this dominion is given unto me and I can give it to whom I please. God didn't give it to him. 
And it wouldn't have been a real temptation if it wasn't something that was Satan's to delegate. Who, who submitted it to Satan? Who, who transferred that authority to Satan? Fallen man, Adam. But when Jesus was born on the earth, he qualified as a man alive unto God in the original Adam's condition, but without sin. He legally came because it was illegal for God to operate his authority when he had delegated it to man. He needed a man on the earth and Jesus was born of a virgin so that he could legally come into a body. But he did not have any connection to the bloodline of Adam because God was his father and the DNA in his bloodstream was holy DNA and the blood, that holy blood is on the altar today because it is still a sinless, spotless blood and it qualified as the purchase price for our salvation, for our redemption, for us to be bought out of that place of bondage. Hallelujah. So Jesus came legally as a man, yet with a, a, a free, he, he came legally as a man, but he was so legally man that he could freely operate the original authority that God had delegated to man and Satan couldn't stop it. Think about all those times those demons met, met Jesus and said, we know who you are. We know who you are. You've come before the time to torment us. And they talked to him really courageously and boldly like they had the authority to back him off. They said, we adjure you by God. And that is a military command. We command you by God. The devil, the demon said that to Jesus. We command you by God that you torment us not. Why did they think that they could talk to Jesus that way? They thought he wasn't legally in that body. They thought they had authority over him because man had submitted through sin their authority to the devil's control. But Jesus, he said, the devil has found no place in me. Why? There's no sin in me. And so I can operate the authority without any hindrance. I can calm the sea without any, I can command these loaves and these fish to multiply. Why? Because I have authority over the loaves and the fish. I have authority over the wind and the waves. I have authority to command the widow of Nain's son to come back to life. I have authority to command that lame man to walk again. I have authority legally. Why? Because he was a man alive unto God, spiritually alive, no connection to the enemy. The devil had no power over him. Why? Because he'd never sinned. And Jesus delegated that authority to his disciples. How did he do it? Before the cross. How did he do it? He said to them, you go in my name. And when they went without Without, they weren't righteous. They weren't righteous yet. The blood hadn't been shed. Jesus hadn't gone to the cross. But they came back in Luke chapter 10 and they said, Why? The devils even obey us when we tell them. Whoa, hey, this is it now. 
And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I, I saw it. It was, dink, he was gone, right? Don't rejoice in the fact that the demons respond to you. But I want you to see the authority was working for them and the only thing they had that authorized them was the fact that Jesus sent them. He said, in my name, you go in my name. Hallelujah. But the authority that they had compared to the authority that we have after the blood was shed, after the price was paid, after redemption was sealed, today we are in Christ. We are in him and he's in us. He's the vine. We're the branches. We're alive in him. He's alive in us. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. His spirit dwells in me. Today, he has been exalted high above every name that can be named. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and we're in him. At the right hand of the Father, we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places and we have a, a delegated authority that is greater than the delegated authority the disciples operated before Jesus went to the cross. Surely they did operate this authority afterward. But before Jesus went to the cross, they were in the authority that God gave Adam. But after the cross, they operated the authority that God had given after Jesus had been exalted to the right hand of the Father and been given a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the authority that, that Peter and John were operating in when they encountered the man at the gate beautiful. We'll close here. We'll look at the man at the gate, beautiful, and, and we'll talk about these greater works that we were about to read in John 14. Because Jesus said, these greater works that I, then I have done, and they were great. He said, greater works than these shall you do. That was the verse we were about to read in John 14. He said, greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to my father. And verse, four, verse 13, I'm in John 14 right now, and then we're going to go to, to uh, Acts. He said, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, whatever you will ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you will ask anything in my name, I will do it. What's he talking about? The greater works. The greater works. Now, in the other two examples in this conversation, the other two instructions, he says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So there is an asking in the name of Jesus for receiving of provision, for receiving God's help, for receiving wisdom for receiving the favor of God, receiving the, the, the strength of God. Whatever those needs are that we have, we ask the Father in Jesus' name, he'll give them to us. But Jesus, in talking about the greater works, he said, if you'll ask in my name, I will do it. 
talking about the greater works. Now let's look over at the disciples operating in this higher authority that Jesus had gained through his obedience at the cross. Acts and chapter 2, Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost and they asked him a question. Peter didn't understand 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14 yet. 12, 13, and 14. Why? Because Paul hadn't received that revelation and hadn't been written yet. So he didn't understand about the gifts of healings. He didn't understand about the working of miracles. But he did know that Jesus said, whatever I ask in his name, he'll do it. He told me I'm going to do greater works and whatever I ask in his name, I'll do it. And so he's preaching there on the day of Pentecost. They've come uh, because they've heard this sound, like the sound of a mighty rushing. It wasn't just in the, in this, this sound of this wind wasn't just something they heard in the upper room. It was something they heard from all over because people from all over the city came to find out where's the storm? What is that sound? What fell, right? And so he asked them as they are there, uh, in Acts chapter 2, I want verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. He just preached to them. They were pricked in their heart. They said unto Peter, to the rest of the disciples, apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So he said, this is the answer to your question. What shall we do? You need to rely on the name of Jesus. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You need to make your decision of quality to accept what God has provided through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then they go to prayer the next day, they're on their way to prayer. And in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, verse 1, went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed to them expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Now this is the key. You must know that you have the name of Jesus. You must know. And I'm not talking with the bobblehead knowing. I'm not talking about, yeah, I know, I know. I'm named with the name. It says all the family in heaven and earth has been named. I know, I know. He's given unto me the name. I know, I know, I know. No, you, there's got to be faith. And that's why we preach on it every year. That's why we come back and we get these verses out and we feed on these verses every year. We, because my, my confidence when the out of my lips comes the word, 
in the name, I want to know something here that's greater than just information here. I want to have that strength of faith to know that in the name of Jesus causes all of the angels in my vicinity to go on guard, to salute, to recognize orders are about to be distributed. We've got response. The atmosphere changes. The, the whole situation changes. When we, when we take the authority in Jesus' name, we are, we are bringing the will of God into that moment. We are, we are executing what would, what would Jesus do in this moment. I'm executing the will of God over this situation. It's not going to go that way. It can look like it's going that way. It can look like it's going that way. Gloria Copeland was in a car driving down the freeway and the car in front of her hit the side embankment and started to roll over and flip. And she said out of her mouth came, in the name of Jesus, no. And she said as she spoke the words, the car turned back. You can say coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe that there are things that should have happened to people, but believers were in the vicinity and believers took their place and opened their mouths and recognized the authority that they needed to execute over that situation. Hallelujah. It can be a, a tremor all through the family. It can be something happening that's just causing everybody to be in chaos. We need to start speaking the name. We need to start calling in the name of Jesus. I speak peace over this situation in the name of Jesus. All the, the turmoil you cease to be you. I command you to stop in Jesus name. All of that unrest you stop it in the name of Jesus. Let peace and restoration flow in the name of... See why we need to rely on the name? We need to depend on the name. Because we, the, the name is one of those things you don't have to go find the scripture because you can't remember it, right? Wait, I, I know there's a verse for that. Well, no, I've got the name, and so I can take authority in the name. I can turn it in the name. I can, I can guide this in the name and then go and get my scriptures. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he said, such as I have. This is why we've got to take the time in advance to strengthen our confidence in the name of Jesus in our lives. Such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The man had never walked ever, ever, not a day in his life. This is a supernatural command that when it comes out of Peter's mouth, where is he relying on? What, where is his reliance? Jesus said, whatever I ask in his name, he will do it. I'm commanding this man to rise and walk, and he's never stood to his feet. He's never walked on those feet. He's never walked on those legs. But in the name of Jesus, and Jesus will do it. 
Hallelujah. He was relying. He wasn't just testing this. Oh, let me try this, see if it's going to work. <laughs> no, he was relying. He was confident. He was sure that the same, the same Jesus who he had seen raise people and, and heal people and restore people would still work. Even though Jesus was at the right hand of the Father, he wasn't absent from the situation. Why? Because he's here with me. Jesus is here because we're here. And he said, I sent you, so I'm with you. I'm with you to the ends of the earth, right? He said, I'm with you. So he's here. He's not absent from the situation. As long as a believer is there, there is a representative of Jesus in the situation. But the believer needs to know what they have and needs to rely on what we have. So for the sake of time, I'll pause. See my pause button I've got right here? I'll pause and we'll come back to that. But I want you to take your, your time this week and I want you to find yourself there in John. John chapter, chapter 14 that we read. But let me give you some homework since I got to cut us short. John chapter 15 and verse 16 and John 16 and 23 and 24. Verse 23 and 24. Find those two. Those are the three places in that conversation that Jesus talked about the, the name that they were going to use, using his name. They'd never done that before. He said, before now, you haven't. But now ask in my name. Ask the Father in my name. So find yourself there. And, and look at how certain he is. It's not he might, maybe so, hope so. He's certain about it. Hallelujah. Well, as we are about to close, I want to take this opportunity for us to honor the Lord in our tithe and our offering today. Hallelujah.